just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Hello, and welcome everyone to. Hi. Not, not you. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> talking to the thousands upon thousands of people who are listening to this. Welcome to Retro Film Dango, episode number 33. This is the 80s comedy special. I think we've done one of these before, so we'll say this is part two. It's it's another one. Another one. You know what I realized this is? Uh, this is comfort movies. Mm, I like that. I felt comfortable watching uh, most of these movies. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Controversy. It's coming up. Get ready. Uh -oh. So the three movies we watched are Stripes from 1981. Then we watched uh, Revenge of the Nerds from 1984. And then most of us watched Major League from 1989. Coming up. Get ready. Strap yourselves in. That's how I tease. That's how I tickle your ass with a feather so you'll listen to the rest of the show. So I'm Kevin Buried on Mars. I'm here with my co-host. I there might be somebody that will click on this later on. Let's go to the comments. There might I'm be sorry, somebody here. Your comments show up. <laughs> <laughs> the commenter is here. We have him on the show. Okay, I'm here with my co-host Richard, aka Rambox, comma the, and mm -hmm. frequent commentator, Milwaukee Brewers fan. Don't hold that against him. It's Rocket Sauce, also known as Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? It's been a while since we have had you on. Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good right now. Enjoy Last time we had you on, we were talking about Death Wish 3. Correct. Yes. Oh, wow. How great of a movie it was. It still is. Mm -hmm. True. There we go. But today, there's no uh, Charles Bronson, unfortunately, in any mm. of these movies. Still good, though. Yes. Yes. All right, let's go. Movie number one, Stripes. Here is the trailer. Remember to do that this time for Richard. Thank you very much. If he decides yeah. to put the audio up. Well, you can always just do it right now and share the audio. So if you had it via YouTube, you can always share your screen with audio and you could watch the trailer. Yeah. Don't go recommending things to improve well, this show. I'm just saying <laughs> it'd be good for the live show or you wouldn't less work you would have to do, you know, later. You want me to play down the trailer now? If you got it, you could I do think it. it. I think I could do this on the fly. Let's see. Really? This is the problem when we have guests. They actually want us to improve <laughs> better ourselves. They ask questions. Uh, let's see. Stripes trailer. Let's see if I can do this. Here we go. It's a three minute, three minute, 10 second trailer. Oh, the, it's the audio thing. That's it. You can share audio. I know. It's because never... I, I have to do this for frequent, you know, Cartridge Club live event viewings. Okay, so tell me how to. It says use Chrome if you'd like to share audio with your screen. Am I using Chrome? No, I'm using Firefox. Because there's usually a share screen button. And yeah. then when you share it, you can select share audio. There's usually a checkbox you can do it. Okay, well, let me go to Google Chrome. He's probably right because you could do something like that on Skype. Okay, so here's Chrome. Here I am putting in the trailer, hitting pause, getting ready for it. Share screen. Okay, so I'm going to share. Right. Allow. So there it is. 
Now, where do I where do I select the audio? Because if I hit play, you guys won't hear this. It's usually on the share screen option when you do it. When you select your screen, there's usually the option for it. But I'm remove guessing from stream, full screen layout. Do that. You guys can't hear that, right? You're no. a bum. <laughs> yeah. That's all you Sorry. Be, a bum. <laughs> we could assume what they're saying. We could, yeah, you we look could. Like an uncivilized job. Lady, you broke, my, you, you broke my heart, lady. Personal problems got you down. You can't Please, I'm, I'm oh, gosh, you, Yeah, don't leave. I've lost. Uh, have, uh, wait for the basketball to come through the window. A little help. Yeah. Little yeah. help, little help. That's good. Thank you. Well, the There's my hero. Your life there she was, just <laughs> walking down the street, singing do a Great audio. John Larroquette. I'm doing my best here. I'm doing what I remember. Uh, Lieutenant? Oh, he's Captain. Oh, Captain, sorry. This looked cold. This was a very cold-looking scene. I got cold. Get your body into you wish us to be a loofah? Yeah, I wish I could be a loofah here. <laughs> that was bad. Oh, gosh. The Aunt Jemima treatment. Yeah. That, that scene is rough. Little little cringe. It's no Sergoni Weaver and Bill Murray. Here's uh, Joe Flaherty. Not Joe X Flaherty. Come on, Ox. You can do this. John Candy was great. You're a killer. You're a killer. You're a lean, mean. I can do it. <laughs> oh, hey, they got their tops on. Top the trailer. There the was trail. a Danny Thomas. Uh, or Dave through. Thomas. Sorry. And this looks like your kind of challenge. Army training, sir. <laughs> so am I to understand that you men completed your training on this your own? This is just the kind of young go-getters we need. Fire those. Fire this man. That ever put on a uniform. The RV. This is the EM50. I think made sense. All that glass. That's totally armed. Mm. As they blunder across borders. Hey, Louis, get this thing moving. Come on. You're dangerous. You know that. Oh, that was good. That looked like a good video game. Yeah. We got one heavily armed recreational vehicle. They put sun visors on. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> Those missiles were hilarious, too. Oh, that was a good stunt. Just like the actor. Oh, and he's fine. This is Bump God, I'm fine. For the Warren O2. Uh, that, that was I'm too old for this! <laughs> that was the Riggs moment. Yeah. Or Murtaugh moment. Stripes. There you go. Oh. Right. Alright, how do I get us back? Oh, there we go. Look at that. Easy transition. That wasn't so bad. Couldn't hear it, though. I don't know how to, how to <laughs> well, do that. So I'm I guessing you would have to do this broadcast in Chrome, and you could do it, because there is a little checkbox when you select share screen below the screen you're, the screen you're sharing to share the audio. So Okay. Well, I'm not going to restart no. all this for that. No. that. That worked. That worked. Good call. <laughs> yeah. Executive right. producer. It's rocket sounds. All right. Uh, who wants to give us a rundown? Richard, you look like you're ready for a rundown. Sure. Oh, my goodness. Did you make this up yourselves? 
Two friends who are dissatisfied with their jobs decide to join the army for a bit of fun. I should have volunteered for that one. That was uh, copied right on the back of the Blu-ray. That was copied and pasted straight from IMDb. So take that. Film stars Bill Murray, John Candy, Harold Ramis, and your hero, Warren Oates. That's right. What makes him your hero? He's a fantastic actor. He's in a bunch of movies, and hardly anyone knows good old Warren Oates. He was also in my favorite movie, uh, The Wild Bunch, which you guys hated, but I love. Uh, the director was Ivan Reitman, writing credits Len Blum, Daniel Goldberg, and Harold Ramis. Blum. Uh, what? Blum. I just wanted to say Blum. It was just oh. fun to say Blum. Uh, Runtime, an hour and 46 minutes. Cost $10 million to make. And the box office was uh, $85,297,000. Made some dough. Hmm. That was a big success here. Uh, would anyone like to read the fun facts? Rocket Sauce, give us the first one. According to Ivan Reitman in the DVD commentary... The scene where Bill Murray is loading the rich woman's suitcase into the trunk and he hits himself in the crotch was an accident. Murray re- really did hit himself in the crotch with the case. Thus, this is a very re- <laughs> this thus this very line. Oh my balls! <laughs> balls. An all new. Ow my balls! <laughs> uh, Bill <laughs> Murray. Bill Murray agreed to do the film two weeks before shooting began. Of course. Uh, he did not show up until the third day of shooting because he was attending Chicago Cubs baseball games instead. That's old Bill Murray. That's you, Richard. You're next. Uh, I'm waiting for your distortion to clear. I can't hear when you actually stop talking. Yeah. Uh, John Larroquette improvised the dialogue where he's watching the girls in the shower through a telescope, including the odd line, Oh, God, I wish I was a loofah. According to Larroquette, he had to explain to Ivan Reitman what a loofah was. And according to Ivan Reitman in the DVD commentary, Columbia Pictures wanted to cut out the scene where Sergeant Hulka and John Winger have a confrontational confrontation in the latrine. The studio felt the scene was too serious, but Reitman insisted that it be left in to truly establish Sergeant Hulka's strength and authority. I'm glad they left it in because I thought that was an effective scene. Hmm. That makes sense because a lot of it's very goofy. You need that uh, serious tone. Yeah. Yeah. Like to hammer it home that this is like, this is something. He's not just the lovable drill sergeant. He's like, oh, you. Right. Uh, I thought this was interesting. John Larroquette broke his nose while shooting an additional take of a scene of him running through a door. The shot shown in the film is the first take. Heavy makeup was applied to Larroquette's nose for the rest of filming. Hmm. Yeah. Makes me want to watch it again. How's it me again? Yep. Okay. According to the DVD special features, the film was originally conceived as a vehicle for Cheech and Chong. Ivan Reitman has also stated that the reason this fell through was because their manager insisted, without the pair's knowledge, on a 25% share of Reitman's next five films, which he wasn't willing to give up. The script was then rewritten for Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, and most of the stoner humor was shifted to the Elmo character played by Judge Reinhold. 
can you imagine if he did give that up? Like Cheech and Chong would own twenty five percent of Ghostbusters. Percent of Ghostbusters, yeah. Isn't that wild. Jeez. Well, what what were the other films he did? I mean, he did like Kindergarten Cop and Ghostbusters too. So they all made a decent amount of money. Yeah. Like were those his? What were his uh, five films after that? I'd, I'd have to look it up, but Ghostbusters was definitely Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters two. I uh, maybe Kindergarten Cop is still in there. Uh, uh, until he gets to that, uh, what was that? Exterminators, extermination, where that garbage was. Was this Reitman's like first movie or no? I, I, I never looked it up on IMDb. His so first big movie was uh, Vacation before this, right? Mm. Or was that after this? He did Animal see. House, right? I don't see Vacation on here at all. <laughs> I think I was. Did he was did he do vacation? Didn't Ivan Reitman do vacation? I, I think it was just Harold Ramis. Yeah. Uh so Harold Ramis's next five movies after Stripes was Ghostbusters, Legal Eagles, uh Twins, Ghostbusters 2, and then Twins, Kindergarten Cop. So that would have been a good paycheck for Cheech and Chong to do nothing but work on a movie with him. Okay, give us All our right. final one. Ivan Reitman requested John Joel Joel Flatter? Flaherty. Flaherty, thank you. For the part of the border guard. However, due to the mix up, Joseph X Flaherty. Thank you. Was accidentally cast in the role. Reitman was able to contract the Flaherty. <laughs> he originally wanted the original the other Flaherty was given the role of Sergeant Crocker. Sorry, Ryan. I forgot you were American. Joe Flaherty's a, a Canadian treasure. It's a national treasure. So everybody. I'm, I'm terrible with last names too. So I need to hear it a bunch of times before I get it correct. Well, you got you got it on the third or fourth time. So yeah. but I saw that name in the credits, Joseph X Flaherty, and I'm like, who the hell is that? And I thought when I read the fun fact there, I thought, wow, that's interesting. That okay. Almost, that almost sounds like what happened with Bill Murray for the Garfield movie where he thought yes. the Cohen brothers were the ones right. directing it, and yep. turns out it was just some other guy named Cohen. So, uh, same thing with Burt Reynolds and uh, the to- uh, Tokyo. No, um, Navajo Joe was a movie he thought he was doing with Sergio Leone, uh, who did The Good and Bad and the Ugly, and it was another Sir- another Italian director with the first, same first name, Sergio. Mm-hmm. Got to read those contracts mm-hmm. <laughs> or pay attention to the names. Yeah. So, what did we think so, of Stripes? Is this one that you watched? This yes, isn't I a did. Shocker yet? Okay. I did watch Stripes. Uh, this was the first time I watched it in a long time. I don't know if I've seen the extended edition yet. I just watched my Blu-ray, and it didn't give me a different version, so I just watched that one. Um, I was looking at that again last night. The extended version is probably in part of that uh, Cheech and Chong. Uh, script because it was uh, them with a bunch of paratroopers and they didn't see any of that. No, I still have not seen that. I know. They, is it like an LSD scene or something? Yeah, they take some pills that end okay. up being LSD, and then they're they go out with the paratroopers, and then they they get caught in this village, and they have to sing a song to get out of it. I was I was reading uh, the fun facts, and that was a scene that Ivan Reitman had cut. And the movie studio really wanted him to keep it because they felt it was the funniest scene. But he said, like, this does, doesn't work for the whole movie. So I've still not seen that cut. I have not seen this thing. I've only. Uh, I, I don't think you're it. missing much because it 
it, it did you watch that version ryan i've um seen so i've only seen the extended version and i've seen it twice now uh and i only know it's because so i couldn't find it i own this movie on dvd and i own the extended cut which also has the dvd has both versions of it um so i had to resort to finding this movie online and yes i did see that that particular scene that you mentioned there um which was going to bring up my point for what i think about this movie is boy i thought i thought i was watching because i guess i'm like kevin it's the first time i watched it in a really long time i was gonna say this movie is really really long it was like over two hours long and i'm mm. like it, it hurts the movie mm. being that long but I don't know, like I said, I've only seen the extended cut, and this is the second time I've seen it. So yeah, the the first time I watched it, I saw the regular cut, and then I saw the theatrical cut, and I um, the extended cut, and then I remember um, thinking, "Wow, I, this movie is a lot longer," and there are a bunch of scenes I don't remember because I didn't realize I was watching a different one. And yeah, it, it adds nothing. Like that whole it it's so long that section. It's not like a little scene like just one extra scene it's like this i don't know 10 to 20 minutes it felt like of, of just that extra part and it's like a little subplot it's not just one other little wacky moment of of them training it goes on a long time yeah they really slow I, i'd say skip it well I, yeah mm -hmm. it sounds like i should stay pure and just stick to the uh the ivan reitman cut if you will the original yeah. uh cut um I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, watching it again, uh, it definitely feels like an originator. Like you can see like this, like we were watching it and Sarah's like, this feels a lot like police Academy, mm -hmm. you know, um, and police Academy came out about three years later. So it makes you wonder if they were just sitting there watching. It's like, Hey, we could just switch these army people for uh, police and just switch up the gags a little bit. Cause it even has the yeah. same sort of beats, you know, they're in training, they prove the, themselves in training, uh, and then they have to go and do, uh, they get thrown into a mission. Um, but, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I think a lot of movies actually, you know, did the same, uh, followed the same formula um, from Stripes. But yeah, still a really funny movie. I uh, enjoyed it. I, I think Bill Murray's great in it. Uh, Harold Ramis, um, his acting definitely improved <laughs> in later movies. He was a little bit shaky in a few scenes. You could tell he was kind of green to this whole, like he was just kind of thrown into it too, right? Um, Bill Murray just wanted Harold Ramis because he wanted Harold Ramis on set to help him improvise and help him with like dialogue. Um, you know, anytime some dialogue, like help him rewrite dialogue. Um, anytime he got into uh, any sort of trouble. So he was almost just there as Bill Murray's teddy bear. Um, so I, I, I thought that was good. I, and Warren Oates. Like, like I said, I think he made a terrific uh, bad guy, but likable bad guy at the same time. Uh, I, I definitely, it's kind of weird, but I, I'm at the point now in my life where I identified more with Warren Oates than with Bill Murray. <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're a smart ass. You're funny. But, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. we've got to get stuff done kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. And I watched this after I watched Revenge of the Nerds. And... I felt a lot better about uh, about stripes after watching it after Revenge of the Nerds. So, what would you guys think? Who wants to go? Well, I've I've watched this. Um, I think I had already watched it twice within the past two years before this. Yeah. So it was kind of uh, I discovered it very late in life, but um, really enjoyable. The only thing that sticks out to me is that some of the humor. 
uh, does feel a bit aggressive. And it's really just that one Aunt Jemima scene on the stove um, that maybe if I'd seen it when I was younger, I'd probably just take it as, you know, he's just messing around. But it really does seem a little over the line to me. I don't know. It's the one part that sticks out. That really could be said about any movie of that age. Like, look at the Rocky scene with Adrian, right? Like, Adrian's like, I don't want to be with you. And he basically corners her, you know? Like, that was, like, filmmaking then. You know? I, I think it's just... Yeah, kind of and you see that a, a bit of stuff like that in Revenge of the Nerds uh, also. Um, but I, I guess it's just the physical act. Like, he's got the... To like the the cooking implements, and he's like you know poking at her and everything. She and seemed to be having fun is, with it, though. It, it seemed like oh, like, yeah, oh she said she was having fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, defense. Huh? I mean, like, well, I'm just saying, like, that's how they portrayed her on, in the film. Like, right? It but was I guess like horse playing. I guess it wasn't like he was attacking her, and I didn't get that vibe. But I don't know. When you look at his face, he's really serious, and his like his body language, he's just like prodding at her they probably could have toned it down a bit you're right yeah, a little bit but that's other, not murray the other thing I, I i picked up on on the, this time around that i hadn't before was uh was john candy supposed to be like his character was it supposed to be was he supposed to be racist because he i mentioned to that to you once before because See? that that one moment in training well they're training um, right before the, the, the right before thing. graduation yeah he gets into a, a fight with him and then he's, he seems to be always picking on the black guy and he, and I, they I don't, don't some... like like it, it would be one thing if they made like if they set it up that the black guy did something to John Candy and then you could like okay they just oil and water they just don't their personalities clash. But, There's uh, for me there was like nothing throughout the whole movie until the, everybody's tired you know they're they haven't yeah. been performing well it's right before graduation they're trying to drill um, and you know there's a rhythm to the. Um, to their marching and everything. So at one point, uh, I forget if it was Bill Murray or Harold Ramis, but they say, uh, black guys help the white guys out. Yeah. And then that's it. John Candy's character just gets really angry at that. And, and it, it's like, he's about to start a fight, but there was nothing leading up to that. No. So maybe there was some scenes that got cut or yeah. I, I don't know. Well, even towards the, the end in the final scene, when he's looking at, uh, Bill Murray, he's looking at all the heroes, walk in there and he tells the black guy like eyes front don't look you know kind of thing he's like singles him out hmm. I, I don't know there was something there but then he appears in teenage magazine or something was it 17 yeah. or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, anyway um, i don't i don't know if we're reading too much into it. Hey, sorry go, go ahead no i was gonna say for me like of the three movies this one's probably the weakest but i still like this movie uh i and maybe it's because I've only seen the extended cut and I've seen it twice now yeah. where, where, like I said, there's definitely times in the movie. I'm like, well, are you really just dragging this on where like, it seems like training goes on forever and it's, it really hampers the viewing of the movie where I'm like, Oh, you know, this is, this is taking forever to get going here, but I don't know. I, I, I regret not seeing the regular version. I thought I watched the regular version this time, uh, but I was mistaken when Richard informed me that the paratrooper scene is, in the extended cut so i know i've seen that well on this second viewing here so when when does the paratrooper scene come in it's bef i think before the graduation okay yeah i think because okay. they're, like they're in the regular clothes still even too and i don't know it's i i believe it still is before they graduate and do the mud mm -hmm. wrestling thing 
Two hours is too long for a comedy. There is yeah. no comedy in the in world. Most cases, yeah. I, I mean, want to say, sorry, Kevin. I want to say, I think the runtime when you fired up the DVDs where I saw it, it's a two hours and ten minutes long. Yeah, on the extended cut. And I was like, geez, this movie is long. You know, <laughs> there's no, there's no comedy that can go that long. I mean, you can have movies with comedic elements in it, like Forrest Gump, but you gotta, ha- you gotta mix it up a bit. There's no way that you can expect anyone to laugh for two hours. I, I'll minutes. give you one. Okay, give me one. Uh, the Big Lebowski is an hour and 59 minutes. See, but even that movie has its serious moments in it. Hey, you know, there is, well, it's, it's not a, a goofball comedy. Right, like, right. Like, okay, I'll give you that because I do believe like the other two films we talked about are about an hour and a half. But yeah, yeah. Stripes being over two hours. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a little, long. it overstays its welcome just a bit. The first time I watched it, I thought the, the entire ending felt like it was tacked on i thought their training was going to be that's it you hit graduation that feels like an ending scene too when they do the razzle dazzle and all that and but um then the whole let's go to czechoslovakia and have a wacky uh shootout which is fine but if you didn't have so much other filler before that oh and i uh uh, remember, and it's funny how memory is. I remember Bill Murray doing that whole bit with the marching around with with the crew with the credits rolling. Because um, hmm. I think the last time I watched this was on it was on VHS, and that that's what was in my me- my memory. So as I'm mm-hmm. watching it, and we were getting to the hour mark, and they were already uh, <laughs> in training and passing training, I'm like this movie isn't that short, is it? Like, what's going on here? There's still, like, so much more. And I forgot all about the RV and uh, all that part of them going into uh, Czechoslovakia and that stuff, so. So, uh, Stripes is just the comedic version of the end of The Lord of the Rings. It just goes (laughs) on and on and on. Uh, At least the the extended edition. Yeah, I I think the the hour and a half version. Like, the movie I watched, all all of it worked. You know, it did... um, it, it, I would, I would say, like the mud wrestling stuff and all that, that kind of went on a little too long, um, because we already got it. Like it really didn't add anything, other than boobs, which I think was the reason why it was, it was there. Um, you know, it didn't really add anything to the characters or anything like that. Just kind of, it was there to show that they were goofing off when they were supposed to be training and they come back. Right, but then after that, they make a relationship with the the two mps right yeah so it, but that really could have been cut down like it didn't need to go a on. lot of the movie could yeah. have been. I, I i actually like the beginning of the movie a bit more than the ending of them being the losers in their dead-end jobs and you know that whole scene where bill murray's going home and his car gets repossessed and he drops his pizza in the street you know that stuff is great but then training goes on a bit long. There, there's a, a few too many characters uh, when they get into training. Um, Psycho, I think his yeah. part could have been cut down a little bit more. Didn't need him, yeah. Yeah. What about yeah, yeah. you? Notice that everyone else got like army haircuts with, except for Harold Ramis and and Bill Murray. They got, yeah, they, yeah. Got, like, they got normal haircuts. They, uh, else, like, yeah. yeah. Sarah mentioned that she's like only that short. I'm like, well, I think it's still regulation. I mean, I remember like I was in cadets and they could they asked you if you wanted to go all the way or just go to regulation, 
you know, uh, which meant like, and most guys went all like they got their head shaved because they w didn't want to have to keep going back for haircuts. Right. So it's in the realm of possibility, but I mean, you got to buy into too, that these guys were 30 going into the army, which is a little bit late, but I, I suppose people do that as well, but whatever. All right. Good movie though. I, I enjoyed it. It's good. It, it could use a little trim. It's just like the haircut. Okay. Anyone have anything left to say about stripes? Or are we ready to move on? Good time. Watch the watch the regular cut. All right. Uh, movie number two, Revenge of the Nerds. I guess I should. Do you want me to call up the trailer for this one? Yeah. Are we doing that? Uh, <laughs> Live commentary. All right. Here we go. Look at this. Sauce adding a new element. Yeah. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Trailer. What's the song? Maybe you can hum it or something like that. Mm, I'll, I'll, let's see. There was some uh, Queen in the movie. They kind of went all out with the um, Talking Heads too. Uh, yeah, with the music licensing for for this movie. I remember uh, a Devo poster. Right, here we go. What the heck? Two nerds. I opened it in the wrong window. Hold on. This is this is way too much for. Oh, I do that. remember the beginning of the trailer. It's um, it's like the twentieth uh, century. Yeah, Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's going too slow. 20th Century Fox keeps going. Let's go. Get into it. Oh, oh, oh there it goes. No. Oh no, I got Richard Internet now. There we go. Oh, these effects aren't very special. Nerds! 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 What is all the trailer is? There's a roommate, pal! I'm not kissing a nerd. I felt really bad when that basketball hit the chessboard. It's funny, you know karate? Liquid heat, is that a real thing? I would just imagine it's like Ben Gay or Icy Hot. The whole song was built in silence. Yeah. Are all nerds as good as you? Revenge of the Nerds. I drink to that. There you go. That's a short trailer. Minute 30, baby. Coming to a theater near you. All right, here we go. Boom. Us back. All right. Uh, Ryan. Thumbs up for the next rundown. Give us a rundown. At Adams College, a group of bullied outcasts and misfits resolve to fight back for their peace and self-respect. Film stars Robert uh, Carradine, Anthony Carradine. Edwards. Carradine. Anthony Edwards, Timothy Bushfield, and everyone's hero, Curtis Armstrong. Directed by Jeff Can Can Conway? Canway? Canoe? 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 <laughs> Sorry. Writing credits, nobody. nobody. No one wrote uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's got a hour and 30 minute runtime, a budget of $8 million, which is surprising with the licensed music, and mm -hmm. a box office of $41 million. 
There you go. Yeah, another right. success. Let me start off the fun facts by saying Robert Carradine says that when he read the script, Lewis's laugh was described as a goose honk, <laughs> and he wasn't sure how to do it. When James Cromwell, who played Lewis's father, did the laugh, Carradine mimicked it. James Cromwell has said that he realized when, while driving home from the studio on the first day of production, it was the laugh. The laugh that he came up with was his ex-wife's. So there you go. Uh, Poindexter's glasses are so thick that Timothy Busfeld or Bushfeld? Bus Busfield? I don't know. Uh, Timothy Busfield could not see through them. In scenes where he moves, he is usually guided by a companion, which seemed to be a running gag of just... I, I assume that was in the script of like uh, everyone was just constantly pointing him in the right direction. Yeah, I thought he just couldn't see very well. but no. Obviously, he couldn't see very well. John Gunnaman's character is never referred to by name verbally by any character in the film. His name, Coach Harris, can only be seen on the door in the locker room in the ending credits. Fun fact. Uh, in recent years, many retrospectives of the film and, and cast interviews have reached a unanimous conclusion. The sequence where Lewis has sex with Betty after telling her he's Stan Gable is wildly problematic and could never be used in a present-day film. Julia Montgomery said she was uncomfortable with the way that Stan and Betty were put together. And Timothy Busfeld or Busfield said, I think they would have gotten there some other way or they could have gotten there some other way. Wait a minute. The way Stan and Betty were put together. I don't, that's, I, I mean, Lewis and Betty. It'd be Lewis and Betty. Stan, right. who's Stan? Stan is uh, Ted McGinley. Yeah, it's the guy from uh, it's uh, what's his name yeah. from Married with Children. Right, he's from everything. Jefferson Darcy. Yeah, he ruins he ruins TV shows. He's Ted McGinley is the guy who comes onto a television show before it gets canceled. Right, that's, he that's joins the cast late on. Love Boat, Happy Days, Married with Children. Yeah, but Married with Children went like another like seven seasons with him. Uh, that's true. Jefferson Darcy was a good character, but I also liked. Um, uh, Steve. Steve. Uh, so for All me, right. th I have not seen this movie, I guess, since the 80s, because as I started watching it, I didn't remember a damn thing. Um, I think one of the movies I had on VHS when I was a kid must have been Revenge of the Nerds Part 2 or Part 3, because I remember Booger finding marijuana out in the tropics somewhere or something. So I guess that was part, part 2 that we had on. Cause I, and I started watching this, I'm like, I don't remember any of, any of this. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Script was a little derived of so many, many other things, but it had its funny moments. And I, I don't know, some of the nerds didn't really feel like nerds to me. Like Booger, all he had to do was stop picking his nose and he would have been like a, someone I'd hang out with. He seemed pretty cool to me. Um, that's a misfits, right? He's a misfit. I guess, but it's just he, all he does is pick his nose. That's the only wrong thing. He does. Everything else. He's got the good, he's got the good weed. He's got the, he's good with the ladies, sort of. I, I don't know. I mean, David Carradine got laid like twice in this movie. I don't know. How, I don't know how much of nerds these guys are. But anyways, it was a fun movie. Don't you don't you uh, hang out with enough people to know that nerds come in all different uh, sizes, shapes, and varieties? No, I have one uh, vision of what a nerd is, and if it doesn't fall into that, then you're not a nerd. Hmm. Uh. Ryan. So I want to say I've seen this movie a ton. 
since it goes back to even being a kid, but I want to say, I think I saw only saw the, as a child, I saw the edited for television version. So oh. I was, <laughs> it was one of those ones where I didn't see it until, until I think I rebought, I bought this movie for the first time when I was in high school because there's a two pack and I still own the DVD of it. Uh, where it's got the first two movies on it. And, um, I remember like watching that for the first time. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of nudity in this movie. And I didn't realize it so much so because the only version I saw was edited for basic television. So mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's a hilarious movie still to this day, despite, you know, some of the controversial scenes like that. Uh, I mean, I can laugh at some of those things like the javelin throw for Lamar with the um, design for his limp wristed throwing style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I, I, I think it's still um, a funny movie and, I think actually the sequel is, I don't say just as good. It's also a good time. The, uh, the second movie, uh, I want to say the fourth movie was a made for Fox movie. I, and I can't recall what the third one is. I, I have a bundle pack and I don't think I've ever watched the third or the fourth one um, from a long time. I, I haven't seen, I think maybe I've seen little bits and pieces of some of the sequels, never the whole things, but I think it was the first two were theatrical and then three and four went straight to video. Or, I, or Fox I, or whatever. I want to say at least the fourth one was like a, an after football Sunday movie or something like that when there was no like when the Simpsons weren't on at the oh, time or something like that. Not not before like the Simpsons might have not been on that Sunday for some reason. But I, I recall watching it on like Fox when it aired. And then I think it was like straight to VHS. Like you can rent it from the video store after that. Hmm. hmm. I, I'm the same way. When I was a kid, I saw this on television, and I thought it was pretty funny. And I haven't seen it since. So a lot of the um, all the swearing and the nudity and everything. I think this is my first time to actually see the entire film. But uh, back in the in the '80s, though, getting this on TV, they had to cut the serious stuff, but the tone was still there. There's still a lot of uh, you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Those moves sure knew how to party. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find them. Yeah, it's not the um, the most graceful movie. Uh, there are plenty of things you could pick at. I, they, I guess the the one criticism that everybody kind of shares is the uh, the sex scene at the end uh, in the the moon between the two characters. Whether that's considered rape or or even just extremely um, immoral <laughs> how it goes. But um, th there are a lot of other uh, racial jokes or, or gender jokes or, or other just things that are really just immature or inappropriate by today's standards. And like you said, some of it you can still laugh at. Um, but I, I didn't find that there was too much that crossed the line in a bad way. I mean, humor is supposed to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. I, I agree. I didn't really, I was actually impressed. I thought I was prepared for a lot worse. Like I, I had heard that the scene, like there was what is now considered to be a, a rape scene. And that wouldn't have been back then, or it's always, it was always rape, but it's just kind of like the perspective has changed. Yeah. But when I watched and, well, it, I'm like, okay, I, I see what everyone's saying, but it wasn't that bad. Um, I mean, there wasn't any forcing and it was consensual, but there was there. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a gray, it's area, a gray zone, but it's strong it's, gray zone. And yeah. And it's, I mean, it wasn't good, but I, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Uh, when 
what what's the gay character's name? I can't remember. Lamar. Lamar. Yeah, when Lamar showed up, I'm like, oh man, this isn't going to be good. This is good. We're going down a bad path here. But no one wow. ever like all it was was just like who he is. They never made fun of him for it. There was never anything said about him, and and the fact that he was black too. Like there was nothing, you know, derogatory said against him or anything like that. They actually. They no, the fact him, the fact that he, he wasn't accepted by others right. just put him in this category. Of, right, like, right. He's with the he's with the outcasts. Right. The, they they the, weren't even the, really nerds as much as they were outcasts. Yeah. Because at the end of the film, they get to the have you ever been you know cast aside because of this or that or whatever, and you're a nerds, and then all the people come in. So it's like you know the, we're all ostracized from the popular group for different reasons. Because even uh, then, like in Stripes, uh, one of the first uh, scenes when they go into the army recruiting place, the, there's the yeah. guy asking the questions like, are, are you homosexuals? Right. Yeah. At the time, you know, the early 80s, it was still, you know, a taboo. Yeah. But even he says, like, it's just a question we have to ask. He didn't even really care. You know, it was just something that they had to ask. We're willing to learn. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to learn. That was a good line. Um <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds Part 2 came out in 1987 called Nerds in Paradise. Part 3 came out in 1992 called The Next Generation. And Part 4 came out in 1994 called Nerds in Love. And it was a made-for-TV movie. Okay. So there you go. Points for Rocket Sauce. I remember watching that live. (laughs) Like I said, I was a a fan of the original two movies that I saw growing up because I think we even had maybe taped on VHS just for like to watch like the kill time for me and my sister or something like that to watch. Um, I don't know. I, there's stuff I still laugh back at this movie, like the whole Tri-Lambs getting accepted in the Tri-Lambda. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only fraternity or the fraternity they um, submitted to that didn't submit their pictures for. Uh, <laughs> right. Because of their oath or something, they have to get a trial or something like that. That's part of their rule book. But uh, I, don't know, I, I still think it's a really good movie, to, a fun movie to watch. Um, hey, I, I just got to interrupt for a second. Check out this lineup of actors for Revenge of the Nerds Part 4. So returning, we got Robert Carradine, Curtis Armstrong, Julia Montgomery, Ted McGinley, mm-hmm. a couple of people I don't recognize. And then down here on the list, our friend Robert Picardo. Hey! <laughs> yeah. That's now quality it, right there. Now it's a must watch. Now I have to see it. I have to see it. Have yeah. you seen uh, Sauce? You said um, you still have part two. Have you seen it recently? Not recently, but I, I remember enjoying. I can still. There's parts of it I know completely. Um, mm-hmm. Like um, the Booger gets kind of like his own sensei with. Uh, I forgot what the um, the Asian actor's name in the movie is, but he basically teaches him how to belch better. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember Ogre becomes a nerd in it. Um, because he gets outcasted on that island with him for messing up too many times. So, hmm. yeah, I gotta say that the most cringe parts in the movie were those uh, stupid skits that the all the sororities and dead ants. Oh yeah, dead the end. garbage dead stuff. End. End. Yeah, yeah, those were those were cringe. <laughs> like those were like, oh man, that's just really. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, but once you get to the uh, the Bill and Ted. You know, extravaganza of uh, the nerd production. Yeah, 
That's yeah, that what to me as a kid. That was like, wow, this is cool. And now yeah. Booger's like, Elvis? Are you kidding me? You know? <laughs> and Poinsettia's cool with the Liberty Spikes? You know. uh, did you guys, like, here in, in Canada, I think we have those um, alma mater things or whatever. I don't know. It's I think we have fraternities them in universities. And stuff. Fraternities and sororities and all that stuff. We have those in our universities, but not in the colleges. Did you guys have to do that? Like going to school in the States, did you have to join a fraternity or I, I have never I've honestly never understood this whole system of fraternities okay. and sororities. For me, it only exists in the movies. And I don't understand why they have them or, or what you're supposed to do to get in them. Or what the benefit is of being in them. I think the only true benefit is that, like, if you put it on a resume, like, oh, you're, like, whatever, you belong to us. And if someone was belonged to this same fraternity, it looks, might help you get hired. I don't know. That's the only thing I can I remember remember. that from The Simpsons when uh, Homer's trying to get a a job and uh, Smithers like, oh, it's not my uh, alma mater, buddy, and whatever. That's, uh, but that's, that's the only thing I can ever think of. I've only been to parties wherever i was in a band in high school that we played one in madison and i've also been to one for just like going before going to like a badger game just across the streets and everything i've only been to the i don't even know what membership it's just like a friend drag, drag me to like hey we're just gonna go to this one i'm like okay whatever so nothing like we're seeing everyone wearing the uniforms ever whatever it's i never went to <laughs> i never joined one or went to a i guess sign up for one anywhere so I have no idea. I guess the only benefit, yeah, is that if you know one of your buddies, because I think everybody's image of it is something like Revenge of the Nerds. Like, oh, you were in one of those alcohol-fueled party houses in college. Sure, I'll hire you. I went to that same one. Yeah, that's it. It's just like, oh, you screwed up too? Yeah. Come on over. I don't get it. All right. Okay, but still good, fun movie. Enjoyed it. Sequel's I think it's worth a watch too. Sequel's worth a watch. Okay. That, I, that, I guess that's the one I had on tape. And I remember we watched it a lot when we were kids. But uh, yeah, this one I didn't remember as much. But still good. Do you okay. like the do you like the uh the whole trials before the final event? Do you do you like like the having to drink uh beer and do laps with a tricycle? But I don't know, I don't see how anyone can do 21 beers on a tricycle. No. I don't no. see how a universe uh university could promote uh, first-year students who are most likely under the legal drinking age to participate in a alcohol. Yeah, drink. especially in the states, you guys are are twenty-one there. It's nineteen yeah. here, so it's a little more believable here. But yeah, well, I mean, it, the believability is out the door when you first see David Carradine, and he looks like a thirty-year-old man going to yeah. college. Well, that that was eighties comedies, right? Like everyone <laughs> yeah. was playing younger characters. You never had. Anthony Older. Edwards was at least a little closer to believability. You know, yeah. He had a little baby face on him, but uh, most of, of the others, yeah. What kind of moving case is that, too? That thing it must weigh a ton. To the, or they're moving all their clothes in and everything. That moving case that they're carrying yeah. and walking through the mud from? Yeah, yeah. That was definitely a MacGuffin. Yeah, it needed their robot. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Just visual prop. That's it. Ah! Yeah, it was the one that attacks Point Dexter while they're cleaning their house. <laughs> I really liked Poindexter in that he didn't say much. He just reacted to uh, you know different things, whether it was screaming, falling down, or bumping into things. 
And did you guys catch the nerd playing uh, video games? Because video games was very nerdy in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, worm, worms. Worms. Yeah. 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 That and uh, I was going to say, like, how to just clean a house. And there's nothing completely wrong with this broken down house that's just got spider webs everywhere. Just got yeah, a they just need to dust it. Just need to scrub it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's Revenge of the Nerds. Good times. Ready to move on? We said it all? Sure. Okay. Here we go with what the heck's the next one? Oh yes, major, major league. league, major league. So, um, what the heck are we doing? I think it's you. You're Is on the rundown. Oh, trailer. I'm the rundown? Sorry, trailer first. Trailer. Okay, right. here we go. Okay. Sorry, I, I, I guess I really do rely on this rundown because I had minimized it. Here we go. Can I do this? Can I do this? Here we go. Here's the trailer. You're faster. So, Cleveland Indians Stadium. Are they still called the Cleveland Indians? Until uh, the end of this year, I think. They're changing it next year. Is this a trailer? It said it was trailer. Maybe it was. Like... They're rolling right up here. Well, this is when uh, the guy starts trailer. talking. Trailer guy is talking. No, nobody's talking. I can hear it. <laughs> Wish we had him four years ago. Or two years ago. We did. Four years ago, then. Four years ago, then. Yeah, it's just uh, Tom Berenger just walking up. Walking around. Yeah. Let's be Serrano. There we go. Let's go to Cuba to practice religion. This is not a trailer. It's just the the ensemble. Yeah, yeah, walking up the spring training. Well, this is good enough. I'm going with it. <laughs> Roger Dory. This is one of the best entrances right here. I don't understand it. That's why it's great. It's the finger point and roll. I thought we didn't have any high paid players here. Still hits the ball pretty well, doesn't he? I did too. It's forgettable. It's just high paid. Or his talent is high paid talent. There's point. <laughs> just acknowledging his butt. Yeah. I love the vehicle here too. Yes, there's uh, something in the fun facts mm -hmm. for this car. That's it. Hey, that's hey. a trailer. That hey, hey. <laughs> I don't think that was really a trailer. Wow. Whatever. Who needs Charlie Sheen? Who's that? Okay, rundown. The new owner of the Cleveland Indians puts together a purposely horrible team so they'll lose, and she can move the team. But when the plot is uncovered, they start winning just to spite her. Hold on, the auto roll is rolling the real trailer now. <laughs> Mute that. Uh, film stars Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, Corbin Bernstein, and everyone's hero, Bob Uecker. Uh, director is David Ward. The writer is David Ward. The runtime is one hour and 47 minutes. The budget for the film was $11 million. And box office worldwide, it made $50 million in 1989. Fun facts. Richard, give us the first fun fact. The home game scenes were filmed at Milwaukee's County Stadium, which has since been torn down. The exterior stadium shots use Cleveland's Municipal Stadium, which has since been torn down. Many tricks were used to make the actors seem like they're good at their characters. The pitching mound was moved in 10 feet closer to home plate to give the impression that Charlie Sheen's 85-mile-per-hour 80 mile, 85 mile fastball was traveling at 100 miles per hour. 
All of Wesley Snipes' running scenes were uh, shown in slow motion to give the impression that he's running faster than he actually is. And David Ward said Snipes was so awful at throwing the baseball that he that they <laughs> avoided as many scenes as throwing <laughs> avoid as many scenes of him throwing one. Um, I'll throw in a fun fact for here. Uh, that scene where he's catching the home run ball in the playoff, that's not him. That's a local Milwaukee celebrity, softball celebrity, uh, one of the best players that was in Milwaukee that they subbed in for him. I mm. wish I knew his name. My father does because he played against him many times. So, Fun fact. Fun fact. Mm. Uh, the vehicle that Willie Mays Hayes drives to opening day of spring training is a customized VW Beetle with a Rolls-Royce grill replacement trunk and hood ornament the elegant beetle kit as one was called was popular in the mid 70s to mid 80s until rolls royce sued a company responsible for one of the conversion kits i had no idea that that was a real thing i thought That's that was neat. just for, i thought it was a gag for this movie so you could just dress up your beetle as a rolls royce yeah that's pretty funny that's yeah, I mean, I mean, if we, if I'm not a car guy, but that's something I, I, I would probably love to have. I think that just, it's just, it's incredible because it definitely does gussy up a, a Volkswagen Beetle. Yep. <laughs> um, in the film's original ending, Rachel Phelps admits before the final game that her bitchy persona was all an act in order to fire up the players. She said they had not. She says had they not had a good season, the team might. Have gone bankrupt. Audiences preferred the bitchy Rachel, so the ending was reshot to show her misery when the Indians won. The alternate ending appears on the Wild Thing Edition DVD. Not and I have DVD. watched that alternate ending, and it is terrible. It's yeah, awful she was because just a nasty character. Yeah, well, and you kind of feel bad for her because the of all the stuff they kind of did to her throughout the movie. You know, like they put up her her photo and they're peeling away parts of her dress and all that yeah, stuff. So I, I, yeah. It, it doesn't work. He was a good antagonist. Yes. It and they had worked. Keeper as one. Like, why would you change that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because even in scenes, even in private scenes where she's just with her, yeah. her assistant, she yeah. still has the persona. So it's not like, like it was it only her who has like, she was putting an act on for everybody. It didn't make any sense. So the, the direction they went was right so this was the movie i did not watch and let me tell you why because you guys moved around the movie so many times i got confused and i watched fast times at ridgemont high yesterday instead. <laughs> we never had that uh as part of the uh i had lineup. it in my head that that was one of the movies i pulled out the blu-ray and put it beside my chair to remind myself to watch it and i watched fast times at ridgemont high yesterday and i even made some notes and then when i sat down to do the outline today i'm like that wasn't one of the movies. You just wanted to see a red bikini. Mm. I did. And I did. I and Looks well, here's the thing. I actually I we were just talking about I I had already watched like the last half of the movie because they made me do that at, at, at work. So I, I got sat there and watched it again, but it was fine. Um but I remember a lot about Major League. I just watched mm -hmm. it last year. I bought the Blu-ray last year, so it's still all up in here. So don't worry. I got it. Still a great movie. Bob Uecker steals mm -hmm. the show. What else is there to say? If I wasn't, if I didn't even watch it, I would still probably have enough to say for this movie because I, I this movie I generally watch like once a year. Uh, mostly, I would say I would watch it always, probably early spring, right before baseball starts, because it's one of those movies where I'm like, all right, I'm starting to get that 
you know, hunger to watch baseball here. And it's one of those, it's my favorite, I guess, baseball movie. And a lot of people like, you know, probably, um, I'm trying to think what's that, uh, Field, of, Field dreams. of Dreams. Everyone, you know, people like that one or Bull Durham, but Major League's my favorite of the baseball movies. Um, it's definitely the funniest. And it actually had some like real, um, like, I don't think Field of Dreams or Bull Durham had any like real impact on baseball, where I, Major League did, because even though there were, um, closers that were coming into uh like they'd come into the game with uh with a song it was usually the guy uh doing the audio for the for the stadium that would come up with a song for them whereas after this movie with wild thing and and you know charlie sheen coming on with the song wild thing like closers started asking for their own song Hmm. you know and that started a whole thing like especially throughout the 90s like every closer had their their song kind of thing so i i think Major League is the only baseball movie to have a real impact on actual baseball. Hmm. Well, it's the second baseball movie that we've watched for a film dango. We did see um, a League of League Their of Own. Own. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Sauce. Major League is definitely... Uh, this is only the second time I've seen it. It's another movie that I got into fairly lately. Um, but it, it, the first time I saw it, it, it hit me hard. Like, this is a really good movie. It's total comfort. You can just put this on. And even when you know the scenes are coming, it's like you anticipate those jokes and and you just uh, learn to love it. And now with the added benefit of knowing there's a special cameo in there. So I guess, uh, Kevin, you didn't watch it. So I guess you didn't uh, spot the sauce. No. So I'm going to have to. uh, Did you? Did you? uh notice them i believe so yeah um what's what's gonna... the time do you have a time for me so i can it's tell me if i'm right on this ryan but um it's at the end of the movie after charlie sheen comes in does his wild thing and then he's got to strike out the uh the new york yankees uh batter guy and then after he does they cut to that like jumbotron and it goes awesome and then there's a crowd reaction shot Lower left-hand corner, I see maybe eight or nine-year-old sauce. How old were you when this was done? So this movie came out in 89, so I was five. Five? (laughs) Wow, okay. I'm off there. So I was probably four because I think they filmed this in 88. Um, You had DVDs in high school, so you had to be young. Uh, Uh, I I had to – I did ask my mom and dad a while ago. I'm like – I'm like – where were we? Because my parents were like, "Yeah, we were all there. We were there. Me, you, your sister." Because they, they're like, "This was a big deal." They were filming a lot of movies in Milwaukee. Like the Blues Brothers has that scene on the home bridge where they drive the, um, you know, the Nazis fall to their death and everything. That was filmed in Milwaukee. That's downtown Milwaukee. There's a few other movies I think that just took place in the '80s where it's because it was adjacent to like Chicago or something. I don't know. Maybe filming was like a thing for like. Milwaukee or Wisconsin gave like tax cuts to like film for some reason Milwaukee had a lot of like filming going on um and I guess parts of Milwaukee look like downtown Cleveland it I've been to Cleveland I don't really see it so much but um I know they they used a lot of Milwaukee like Bob Uecker is the still to this day the uh one of the announcers for the Brewers and um I actually got to meet him about a month ago for the first time because uh, oh, nice. where, where I work he comes in um his accountant, I work for an accounting firm. I'm not an accountant, but I, um, his accountant, um, you know, is in our office and he comes in like every couple months to, uh, check the status, I guess, of his money or something like that. But I got to, I got called up because the, um, 
my receptionist knows I'm a big Brewer fan and everything. And I did not mention a thing. She was just like, hey, Bob, this is Ryan, the RT guy, basically. And then our, his accountant came by and he's just like, oh, let's go over, you know, and talk some more. So I'm like, I got basically just uh, like my knowledge away with the Bob. That's all I needed to do. Uh, but no, it, so yeah, Bob, um, Pete Vukovic, who is Haywood for the Yankees, he's a former Brewer pitcher. Um, he's kind of a, was a local legend, him and Gorman Thomas, no relation. Uh, they had a bar here in the eighties for the longest time too, that my parents frequent, but, um, a lot of the, uh, players, my, my father was supposed to be the first base coach for the Yankees in this movie as well. Um, mm -hmm. his, his, uh, buddy who he played softball with was in charge of casting for local talent. Um, Tim Sweeney, who plays second base for the Indians in this movie, was the second baseman on my father's softball team as well. Um, so what's it called? Like my father was supposed to go, but he wussed out at the last moment to go in for the casting part. So he said, basically, just show up. You yeah, this spot. Basically, my dad just wussed out. So we were there for the night of the filming for Wild Thing, and believe me, it wasn't fifty thousand people in attendance for that. That was more crowd manipulation. Where of they course, filmed. yeah. And then mm -hmm. you know, because my mom said we were on the second level uh of uh of the filming for for the filming and they said they would shift everyone then to the middle film it again shift to left and they said we were there i think for like two and a half hours just doing the wild thing scene so, hmm. so. Yeah, it's too expensive to have yeah. that many people yeah you know you'd have to supply uh like once you get to a certain number of people you gotta start supplying food and you got a, a place for them to go to the bathroom and all that stuff so yeah mm -hmm. Um, what I thought was really interesting, though, is when I was trying to find you, I think the woman standing directly behind you is wearing one of those red and white striped Where's Waldo shirts. Uh, <laughs> I would I would have to ask my mom if she remembers exactly where we were to point us out, basically. But um, it wasn't the only baseball movie I was in. There's another one called Mr. 3000 that was in the early oh. 2000s. Oh, uh, With Bernie uh, Mac? Bernie Bernie Mac, yeah. yeah. That one, actually, I, I can point to at least two areas where I was for the filming of the movie. Uh, one where I, I think I see myself, if I slow it, slow it down, there's like a scene where he gets like his first hit on his way back. We're, we're at the first baseline, me and my buddy Danny were, because they filmed that multiple nights, and at Major League did the same thing too, where they filmed like during the day, during the night, basically multiple nights. Um, after Brewer Games for Mr. 3000, they would do that stuff too. Um, but yeah, for that one, we were there for that one. I can attest those are long days filming where after about an hour or two, you get sick of being there doing the same scenes over and over and over again and crowd manipulation. They put uh, cardboard cutouts for people for that one. So I'm in two <laughs> baseball movies in, in other uh, films here in Milwaukee. So hmm. if you do one more, then we could just do a film dangle on all the movies you've been in. Well, let's get the credits going for that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> True yeah. Get some more baseball movies here. So are you here to say you are officially a better or more bankable actor than Curtis? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe well, a little of both. <laughs> maybe. Let's attest this one here. I, I think, I don't know if I should say this, but I think your movies have been more successful than mm. Curtis's movies. True. <laughs> you compare box office numbers. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Wow, that's, that's cool. I, um, I love Are we doing the trolls that. episode now? Um, <laughs> I think we're trolling. <laughs> so Major League. Yes. Um, still a good movie. Still still funny. Hmm. 
That's really I, funny. Uh, very likable characters. A lot of times when you get these, you know, the big ensemble cast, you know, we were talking about that bit with the earlier movies. Um, here, it's like everybody has something, you know, there, there's not just empty characters like uh, Psycho and Stripes kind of goes a little nowhere. And I think in the, in the nerds movie, kind of everybody had a little something to do. Um, you probably could have got rid of that uh, Wormser kid. Uh, but uh, here it feels like everybody has their little moment, you know, like Charlie Sheen has got the power uh, in his pitch, but he needs to learn how to control it. And he does. And then um, you got uh, Willie Mays Hayes, who's really fast and he has his moment to you know, steal the base. And you got the uh, what was the name of the voodoo guy? Adrian Serrano. Can't hit the Serrano, ball. yeah, you know he couldn't hit the curveball, so he, you know, he had his whole religion, and he, you know, he has his arc, and even the the antagonists on the team, the rich guy Dorn, and uh, he gets his comeuppance, and um, the other guy who drinks the rum, um, I'm hit the head with the bat, you know, whatever it is. So they they all have their little moments, and none of it feels like forced in. It all flows nicely. An hour and forty seven minutes, it works. Goes, goes by yeah. fast. Yeah. Well, for me, it's all about Bob Uecker and all those ad lib scenes, like when he when he puts the Jack Daniels on him and that, like all that stuff was just like him talking, like just like there was nothing in the script, right? Just go, and it, it reminded me a lot of Fred Willard in uh, best in show or in uh, i was just gonna say like is your dream movie bob uecker and fred ward just uh, fred willard fred willard sorry just sitting there in announcer's booth just riffing man i would love that so much that would have been that would have been magic i could yeah i could just sit there and watch that stuff all day i just love it i love bust like just guys busting chops and making up stuff on the fly and that's my that's my kind of humor he had one great line is like uh, his his color commentator says something like, "Are you allowed to say that?" He's like, "I ah, know what he's listening." <laughs> yep, <laughs> you can't say you can't say shit on the air, right? Or yeah. <laughs> Christ, or is it shit? I don't know. I, my favorite line probably still is the part where it's like, uh, "If you haven't been paying, ten- by, paying attention to the Indians this year and judging by the attendance, you haven't." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's well. I'm blessed to listen to Euchre still. And I mean, there's been talks, there's been talks that he's, you know, I mean, he's, he's not doing it full time anymore. I think he's in 90, 91, maybe. Hmm. Uh, Cause he's, there's been talks about Bob, you know, retiring for a while and I don't know who they're going to get to replace. I mean, the guys that, you know, fill in do, do a good job, but you need kind of like the little bit of a humor that, that Bob, Bob brings in. Well, I can recall there's, um, there's one thing that Bob said on the air while I was listening to Brewer game, I was driving home and they're talking about like owning a dog or something like that. And then he's like the guy who I think is Jeff Levering, who's the guy who was doing the, sh- the broadcast with him. He said, uh, like, Hey Bob, did you ever have a dog growing up? He goes, yeah, my sister. And it's called <laughs> and like, and he like paused himself. He's like, I really shouldn't have said that. And he's like, <laughs> 85. Hey, Bob, you could. 85. He's not, yeah. he's not the kind of guy that you can replace. It's just, He's, he's one of those personalities. Yeah. And he was a baseball player, too. People forget that. Yep. That's right. He wasn't a very good one, and he'll nope. tell you that. Um, and who doesn't, like, I mean, I still go around the house saying, just a bit outside. Mm-hmm. Anytime I miss, just miss something. And I do that all the time because I miss stuff all the time, like mm-hmm. watching the right movie. 
you know, people people got their favorite broadcasters, and I mean, people really like um, Vin Scully and everything. But to me, Bob Bob's the best. And well, you know, it's your local guy, like of course. Well, yeah. Well, you it's know. well, the, you know, the ties in with Major League and everything else, the humor. It's I know it's it's the local bias, right? But for me, it's what's it called. Like Bob was someone I always wanted to meet, and I've met him twice now because of once because of work, and once because I went to a fanfare. But you know, it's the same much. So Bob was a, is a local legend here, and yeah, you know, just. It makes the movie better, even for me. So, oh, I I don't know. He's I don't know eighty percent of the movie <laughs> for me. I, I I love every scene he's in. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's also like besides Bob does get animated when like there's big moments in Brewer Games too. So like yeah, yeah. that that whole like you know the Indians win it, the Indians win it. I've heard calls like that for the Brewers, and they're what's called like those are the moments that like if you're watching, if you're attending like a Brewer game or like listening to it, like you saw like. Brewers make the playoffs or something like that. You go back and listen to like Bob and make the mm-hmm. call because those are like Bob does. Bob nails that. Yeah. Perfectly, so yeah, yeah. Americans really uh, like, especially in baseball, uh, an announcer who's a homer, who's a fan of the home team. In Canada, we're very like uh, prickly about that. We want like the guy to be neutral for some reason. I think it's a hockey thing because there's so many hockey teams and. I don't, I don't know why it's, it's gotten a lot better. Like in the last 10 years or so, like people have gotten really lax with that, but like growing up, like watching the, the, the blue Jays or even listening to them on the radio, like the two guys on there had to be neutral all the time. They just had to be baseball fans. It's just a weird thing. I don't know why, but in America, it's like every, every announcer seemed to be a homer for their, for their home team, you know, mm-hmm. but anyways, enough about baseball mm-hmm. announcing talk back to major league. Good movie. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. I, have, I, you, have you seen any of the sequels? I haven't, but I'm curious. I heard the second one is decent and the third one is terrible. But it, it feels is- like it feels like one of those movies that, like, even again, I haven't seen the Revenge of the Nerd sequels, but it feels like like Police Academy and Stripes and all this stuff. It's like you said everything you had to say in the first movie. That's it. It's just the the outcasts coming together, overcoming the end. That's the story. Well, and for some reason, they, they keep neutering the, these franchises. Like, this one was rated R. Second one is rated PG. The third one is rated PG-13. The third movie I saw, I saw in a drive-in. It's the only one and only... Well, I was in a drive-in when I was five, but the one and only time I went to a drive-in on my own got bitten alive by mosquitoes, so I'm never going back. But uh, the two movies we saw were U.S. Marshals and Major League back in training, I think. And for the some minors. reason, back to the minors. For yeah. some reason, the team moved to uh, Minnesota, I guess, because Cleveland was actually good in the late 90s. They, they actually were in the playoffs and that. And Minnesota was the, the bad team. It's probably just whatever deal they could get for, you know, uh, rights and uh, shooting location and all that. Um, but, yeah, it's terrible. Scott, uh, you're you're buddy scott bacula is the star and uh is, does he play the tom berenger character or is he a new he's a manager character. i believe he's the manager he was too old to be a baseball player so i believe he was the young manager and the team was the misfits i don't remember too much about it it was 1998 oh <laughs> wow know? that late yeah that was that long ago man uh and yeah it's terrible uh, 
I want to say that that one just goes straight to DVD as well. Because, like, I don't remember ever ever coming to nope. theaters. I just it remember was... showing up on the shelves, too. No, it was a, it was in theater because I, I saw it at the drive-in. I, I, we really went to go see U.S. Marshals because uh, Sarah and I were, are, we love um, The Fugitive. And that was the sequel, U.S. Marshals, right? But it didn't have The Fugitive in it. It only had the Tommy Lee Jones character. Um, it wasn't a very good movie. Uh, so, so we hoped Major League Back to the Miners would save the day. And it didn't. I think we, we might have left because we were just getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. So we might have left before the movie was done. It was it was bad. Hmm. What is it with all these sequels that go back to the beginning, right? Like Police Academy 3, Back in Training, Back to the Miners. You have uh, to, like, once they... The you, Next Generation. Once, they, once your characters accomplish something, you need to... Yeah, you, you got to do it again. Well, they're underdogs, right? Like that's the whole part of the appeal of this movie is that your characters are underdogs and are not expected to do it. And that you're you're rooting for the underdog thing. Once they're champions, I mean, they're going to come back and they're going to be champions again. Like, you got to make them underdogs again. Uh, Same thing with Ghostbusters too, right? They they save the world. Uh, So how do you make them underdogs again? Well, no one really recognized that they saved the world. In fact, they stomp them down. You know. Uh, Major League Two was okay. There's, it's not the best, but there's moments that I I do like from the sequel. Um, I, I don't own it, so I can only go off memory from it. I just remember I like the. There's a scene with Jesse the Body Ventura, with the replacement for Willie Mays Hayes. I can't remember who, because Wesley Snipes didn't return for the sequel. Right, right, right. So they got just some other black guy, and they said you're Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, <laughs> yep. So uh, there's a, a like a because he becomes a big time movie actor and maybe that, I don't know if that was a shot at maybe Wesley Snipes or something like that because he was becoming a you know big time actor at this point in time. Uh, and the second one came out in '94, um, but no, it was like he makes a, a trailer called Black Lightning, White Thunder or something like. That. I just remember there's a line where it's like mine died the hardest, and then he's like mine are the deadest, and then they just laugh. It, it's it's a scene I look forward to every time, and then they added an Asian guy to the roster and he says, no, he's, he's got like a, a rivalry with Serrano. Uh, I remember they did the no mobbles part. That's the only thing I truly remember from the sequel. Well, that in um, Randy Quaid's and one of the guys in the outfield, uh, one of the fans uh, in the sequel, not in the first one. Is Bobby Euchre in the part two? Yep. All right. Well, I might have to watch it then. The sequel I think was filmed in Baltimore too. So that's okay. good. So, there we go. Okay. All right. Major League. Have we said it all? Is there anything left to say? I want a pair of the Wild Thing glasses with a little skull and crossbones in the center. I think you can get those on they like, eBay. I'm pretty sure. So, so another fun fact. That was supposed to be... Um, I don't know, Kevin, I remember when Cleveland like had their opening day in Milwaukee. Like... Yes. And years ago or something like that, where they yeah. played the Angels because of there was a blizzard hitting Cleveland. Right. So they moved to Milwaukee, which has an indoor stadium now. Right. Right. Um, so they played here in Milwaukee and tickets were $10 all across the board. First come, first serve. And we got wow. first row. We had like the closest seats I've ever had at a brewer game, which is um, the row of the batter's box, not the batter's box, the um, dugouts for the Indians. And uh, what's it called? Yeah, we had top row. And of course, that was supposed to be. Um, the promotional giveaway, and I guess they didn't arrive or something like that, was supposed to be uh, Wild Thing glasses uh, for that day because it was opening opening day for, mm-hmm. for for them. So they still tr- they still celebrate it. Um, 
but I don't know. They made wild thing bobblehead that my buddy grabbed for me because he went to go see an Indians game later that year. So I think there was maybe some anniversary of Major League that they're doing multiple Major League thing giveaways that year. So, and hmm. I I think last year they came out with uh, Major League Funko Pops, and none of the Funko Pops was wearing the Indians uniform because of the whole. Did Indian do they thing. still have that logo and everything? They dropped. Chief Wahoo, I think is what his, his name is. I think they dropped him. So he's just got this. They just have a like, Cleveland C. They've been doing that one for a while, but they and occasionally would mix it in. But I think the last couple of years they've dropped Chief Wahoo from from their logos, from their from their uniforms. So and are, they the of, team, are they the team that was known as the Redskins, and then they changed to the Indians, or is no, that that's something a else? That, that's a football that's team. A football yeah. thing for Washington, Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and a lot the of Washington football team. I've noticed a lot of announcers refuse to call them the Indians. They'll just say the Cleveland, you know, or the team from Cleveland. Fun fact. Yeah, so get with the times. Yeah, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be something else uh, next year. So Native and, Americans, and you know they they I, they had different names back. Uh, like when they they first came in, they were the Spiders, the Cleveland Spiders, and then they were the Cleveland Naps. Because Nap Le or Le was their uh, uh, best player, and the team named themselves after their best player. Because back in those days, the owners would own the player, right? There was like, it, if you were traded, that was seen as like something bad, you know, because you were just so bad that they would trade you. But if you were a good player, the owner would keep you locked in. Do you think the uh, swearing? works really well in this movie because I would say out of the other yes. two movies this one I think the swearing nails the swearing is used perfectly in I think in major league. Um yeah I, I think for these kind of comedies I like when they're rated R and they just go all out. You know mm-hmm. it, it's you said it yourself in the, the sequel it's like it's so oh, it's PG and PG thirteen whatever it it feels like you're censored. You know that that they set a tone. Yeah it works. Yeah no for sure. I mean swearing could be funny. <laughs> it makes me laugh. So, you know, like with, it's it's with the juxtaposition, gets... something silly like baseball, and then you know, make it really aggressive with the comedy. And yeah, well, uh, that joke, works. that Bob Euchre joke, would not work unless he cussed right on air. It would just, mm-hmm. yeah, you couldn't have that joke without it. So, you know, I I, I do love the opening part too, when the, everyone the, the locals are seeing like the roster, and everyone's like, these guys aren't too fucking good, you know. And, uh, <laughs> they even like translated from Japanese for the the grounds crew guys, like right. these guys are really shitty. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hmm. There's a lot of great moments. The in movies, there's often the entrance scene of like a cow. Here comes the character, and and the wild thing entrance is, is just like perfect it nails it you know i get all amped up it's like the song is perfect the the build up of where is he where is he he comes out and you know he's got that determined look on his face it works hmm. all right anything left to say about major league before we wrap this up what was it like partying with charlie sheen as you were filming your scenes you know, those days are such a haze. The 80s were wild, you know. <laughs> do you actually remember it at all? Like, do you remember no, being there? No, I don't. It's just one of those things where my parents are like, you were there. I'm like, I was? You know, like, and I've been watching this movie. I think this is one of those already movies my parents were, like, fine with because it's just was uh, my 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 childhood. If there wasn't nudity in it, like, my parents like, you can watch it. They don't care. Basically, like, you know, 
not so much, I guess, violence either, but if, if this is just swearing, like Major League was just swearing, like my parents were like, you can watch this. So I, like this was probably one of the first R-rated movies I did watch growing up. So yeah, my parents were really laxed with movies. For some reason, they had a, a pickle up their ass with a lot of things like Nintendo and Nintendo games. But when it came to movies, they just did not care. And when Sarah and I were watching Revenge of the Nerds, I was like, can you imagine? Like I was like, I I, I was I was probably nine or ten when I when I watched it because it came out in 84. So it took a year before it would come out on VHS. And I'm like, can you imagine? Like my parents just did not care. They let me watch Revenge of the Nerds and Revenge of the Nerds Part Two over and over again. I remember my aunts coming over to watch Revenge of the Nerds because uh, they didn't have a VCR, so they came over and, and watched it. And, uh, anyways, yeah. Okay, that's it. We're done. We said it all. I'm ready to move on? Let's wrap it up. What did we learn? We've learned that we pick three movies and we stick to them because Kevin gets confused. Mm-hmm. start jumping around and we'll watch the wrong movie comfort food i i agree with that statement these and are comfort all food movies. yes that that uh, that describes these movies perfectly comfort food yeah i didn't really feel that um that fandango angst of like oh i gotta watch these three movies I was just able to put them on like ah it's great homework done well that, <laughs> it kind of works when you pick the movies too like these were your choice eh, sometimes i don't know we, we've <laughs> yeah. picked them before and it's like yeah hey, yeah it's great we're gonna watch oh God. yeah <laughs> two and a half hours well yeah they were all short movies too so that kind of helps i think next month this is a good segue i think next month these are all short movies we're doing curtis's revenge for halloween he's picked three movies with trolls in them so we're watching trolls 2 from 1990 the troll hunter from 2010 and Ernest Scared Stupid from 1991. We're mm-hmm. putting Ernest last for a reason. I don't know what that reason is, but there is one. I figured that uh, when he was mentioning they were going to do a Trolls movie, I figured he would pick Ernest Scared Stupid because he likes Ernest a lot. And yeah. uh, they've got Trolls in it. And rumor has it, Curtis will be on for that episode. And rumor has it, Curtis will be dressing up as Ernest. Costumes will be involved. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up in November, we'll have Ryan back for his three movies, coming of age movies. One of them is Stand by Me, and I can't remember what the other two are. So, Ryan, please. I thought it was only Stand by Me. Did no. we? Uh, no, I, I bumped it up to um, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead and, right. oh, and, right. and Rush and Rushmore. Right. Okay. I'm going to write that in now because I'm going to forget. Don't tell mom the babysitter is dead. Any reason why you chose these three films? Uh, the main reason was Stand By Me. I just wanted an excuse to watch Stand By Me. Uh, and then just trying to think of two other ones. Like I just Googled coming of age movies. Uh, and Rushmore appeared on the list. And I love Rushmore. I forgot about it. I haven't seen it in a few years. But it's it stars one of my favorite actors in Jason Schwartzman. Uh, and... Like I think, don't tell mom the babysitters that also appeared. I was like, you know what? I enjoyed. I saw that movie. I had a drive-in, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's. I know it's. I, I, it's been probably fifteen years since I've seen it, so I'm kind t- of curious to see if it still holds up. But mm-hmm. Richard is correct with the whole clay uh, shooting uh, the uh, plates 
with the shotgun saying the dishes are done. That scene is the definitely in the movie. Dishes are done, man. <laughs> that scene is definitely in the movie. So, uh, speaking of Jace, Jason Schwartzman, have you seen the movie? What the heck's it called? Uh, Moonrise Kingdom by Wes Anderson. I just watched I that a couple. Nope. He's got a good, good little mm-hmm. part in that movie. I like almost everything. I don't think I've ever seen anything that he was in that I didn't like. So, Jason Schwartzman. Hmm. Mm. I can't think of any other movie other than those two. He's almost in every single Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Um, Which but, uh, was he in that Fox one? I didn't like that Fox one. The one with the talking fox. Wasn't that one an animated one? Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. But I've seen almost all the live action ones, like Life Aquatic and. Jason Schwartzman, he's in the Fargo Start. TV show. Yeah, it starts tomorrow that season. Uh, Claws. I haven't seen that. I was a big fan of the Bored to Death show he was on, and he was on Blunt Talk with uh, what's it called? Uh, your guy from uh, from Star Trek. What's his name? <laughs> the bald one. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, you know, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. You know what movie Jason Schwartzman was in that was really good? Uh, the Polka King. Have you guys seen that? It sounds familiar. With Jack Black. Bernie? Is that one? Uh, no, no. That was a different movie. Oh. This is The Polka King. I, I think I have seen it, though. I think I have seen it. It might have, might have, might have appeared on Netflix, and that's why I watched it. So this guy, uh, he's like a polka guy, and he does like the polka circuit. Uh, he's got a band and everything, goes around, and he just ends up uh, milking all these old people for money. And he keeps trying to break this habit of uh, milking old people for money. And he just keeps falling into it and keeps moving money around and finds out he can get grants and stuff from the government, but not really understand that he has to pay him back. And that you're not really sure if he's like really a genius or if he's dumb. It's based on a, a real guy. Um, it's And it's excellent. You should watch it. The Polk King. Jack Black. Fantastic. In that movie. I want to watch it again. You know, just talking about it. Okay. That's it. We talked about Jason Schwartzman. Do you have anything left to say? Join us in Discord. Rocket Sauce is a Discord, uh, Fandango Discord guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like for, for Ramvox there. So. I there you see, go. Yeah. Excellent. I, I think Richard's just waking up now. He's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sun's coming up. <laughs> Look at that. It's getting to me. That's yeah. It's good. Getting ready for some brekkie. So what are we talking about? <laughs> Discord. Join me on the Fandango Discord. Yeah, me too. Ryan's my official spokesperson. He's uh, my presence. Listen to people go on about Fast and the Furious for some mm. reason in the Discord. People can't stop talking about that damn Fast and the Furious. I think Richard's to blame, though, because he kind of brought it up again, and that, that fueled the flames again. That was Frenick. He said, these are great movies. Fantastic you movies. watch these movies. Five out of five, I believe mm-hmm. he said. All of them, the whole series. He said, he said, if you like older movies, you'll like Fast and the Furious because it's a throwback to all the awesome old movies. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. We fizzled. We're done. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for joining us. Thanks for having That's, me. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. And, Once I heard Major League, I was like, what? I got to be on that. Well, hey, <laughs> and look, that's all it takes really to be on the show. Just say, hey, I want to be on. It's not a big deal. I would have joined last week too, but I realized that I know how my internet security works at work where 
Um, I don't know if Steamyards will set off any like security alerts, but it's mm. ultra sensitive. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm not going to join from the office here. I'll just still <laughs> oh, just listen in your risks. Yeah, yeah. Don't nope. jeopardize your chance to to meet up with Bob Euchre again. Yeah, yeah, for this stupid show. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. stick in the chat like you guys should be doing. That's right. The chat. Let me tell you, it's been crazy. I can't. I, I see you all out there. Um, it's been uh, crazy to keep up. I can't. Them. I can't keep up with the comments. It's yeah, like a Twitch. It's like it just a live keeps Twitch going. Yeah. It's wow. Are wow. you just gonna pick one and and you know ignore everybody else? I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. There's too much here. Uh, well, I like. I see Kevin is great. Uh, go buried on Mars. Go. Uh, we love Kevin. Um, wake up, Richard. Uh, it just keeps going. You know. Boner. There's a, bon- a couple boners there's, in there. There's, there's some. <laughs> Where's boner? Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Okay. We can't top that. Bye, bro. Are you ready for the sex girls? The hot, hot, mean, hot, big, hot girls. Are you ready for the sex girls? The right, right, ultra vital, nice, nice girls. They play pool in your house. Take off their own clothes. They could talk about love. They know where it goes. They are women. I'm